0: Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today because we need you. We need your word because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And as I step back, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to step up to minister grace to the hearers of your word. I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives. I thank you for healing flowing through our minds and our bodies. And Lord, I declare now that our lives will never, ever be the same. After having heard the word of truth, and it's in Jesus' name I pray, let everybody say amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap as you take your seats. We're in a series entitled The Principles of Promotion. Everybody say the principles of promotion. I believe we're in a season as a church and as a people where God is ready to. Uh, promote his children and god is not just ready i believe god is willing amen one of the ways in which god influences the world is when he puts his people in places of prominence and power and authority by promoting them so just look at your neighbor and say i'm looking for a promotion so i'm teaching this series so we can understand what promotion is know how to position ourselves for it, and then finally understanding why God wants to promote us. So if you're taking notes, our lesson title this morning is really different, but it still ties into promotion, and that is Serving Your Way to Healing. Serving Your Way to Healing. And if you have your Bibles, find Psalm 75, verse 6. That's, that's been our foundation verse. Then we're going to go over to Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And then we're going to move to Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20. That was Psalm 75, 6, Luke chapter 17, verse 11, and then Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20. Now, we started our series by pointing out that God is a God of principles, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, protocol, protocol and promises. And, of course, the principle is what God wants us to do. The protocol is how he wants us to go about doing it. And the promise is the reward that he gives us as we follow his protocol. Now this is important to know because some people believe that God only promotes special people or favors certain people, and that's not the case when it comes to promotion. God is not a respect of persons, which means that promotion must have principles uh, with it so that everyone has the position and the potential to be uh, promoted. Now the foundational verse I want you to go to it is in Psalm 75 verse six. We've used it throughout our series. I want to bring it up because this is the foundation of where we're getting this teaching from. It says, for promotion comes neither from the East, nor from the West, nor from the South, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God God is the judge. He puts down one and he sets up another one. The living Bible says for promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and he deposes another one. Now we learned that the word promotion in the Bible means to raise up, to exalt and to lift up oneself or to lift one up. So as far as believers are concerned, according to Psalm 75, Promotion or advancement does not start with my boss. It doesn't start with my supervisor. It doesn't start with my organization. It actually starts with God. Can I get an amen from the saints? So what criteria does God use to determine who gets promoted and who doesn't get promoted? Well, we learned based on Psalm 75 that God is the judge. Everybody say, here comes the judge. God is the judge. And we learned that he's judging our hearts. And so the first principle that we looked at in order for us to get in position for promotion is that our hearts and our our heart attitude and our conditions of our heart must be right for promotion to come. So, uh... Some uh, First Samuel 16:7 is where, uh, to me, it, it exemplifies what this actually means as far as our hearts are concerned, because it says in First uh, Samuel 16, the latter part of the verse, it says, "For the Lord sees not as man sees, for the Lord looks on the outward appearance, but man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where." He looks on the heart. So man looks on the outside. God looks at the heart. So your heart is the gateway to your success. Now, the second principle we looked at last week, which was serving, uh, it also triggers promotion to take place in our life. And we saw that in the life of Joseph, one of the things that Joseph did that we discovered is that he served people in his life. He served Potiphar. He served Pharaoh. And when he did, it positioned him for promotion. Amen. Now, in Genesis thirty nine four, you don't have to turn there, but this is what it says. And Joseph found grace in the sight, uh, uh, in the sight of uh, who he was serving. In this case, it was Pharaoh and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put his hand. So Joseph was promoted. Everybody say promoted. Joseph was promoted after he began to serve. Now we saw that joseph 's gift, which was to interpret dreams, his gift watch this now, made room for him after his serving got him in the room. It was his service to others. it was his service to Potiphar, it was his service to Pharaoh that put him in the room, and then his gift, which was interpreting dreams, made room for him and uh, the bible says in proverbs eighteen sixteen: a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men so a man's gift expands the room but our service is what gets us in the room now last week uh and everybody say he's finished reviewing last week i made a statement and i said it can be your time but not be your turn and I use David as an example because it was time for David to be anointed as king, but it wasn't his turn to actually be king yet. And so uh, here's the question that I believe is worth a million dollars. Here's the million-dollar question. What do you and I do between knowing our calling and waiting until it's our turn to do it? You know what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be serving. Amen. And uh, this is how I discovered... What I'm called to do even today. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I was part of a small ministry where I got probably 90% of my foundational teaching as a person, and now it has really, you know, helped me as a foundation of, of being a pastor. But I was a part of a church in Ohio, it was a small church, and, uh, uh, when I, When I discovered God's call in my life, I was praying one day and the Lord told me he wanted me to preach the word. Well, you know, I didn't I didn't want nobody to know about that because I didn't want to be a preacher. I mean, you have to be crazy to just want to be a preacher. I mean, you really do. You 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 called. or you crazy? One of the two. So uh, finally, after just wrestling with God for probably two or three weeks, I went and told my pastor. And he said, you know, God told me you were going to preach his word. I just didn't say anything to you. And I'm glad he didn't because now when, when you have to stand up for your call, it's not based on what somebody told you. It's based on what God told you. So long story short, I started going with my pastor to the prison ministry. Uh, he was uh, he would go every Monday and preach at the prison. And uh, so I went with him to accompany him. And and uh, man, I I went and, and and man, it was just an excitement in me to want to teach the word. But but watch this. It, it was my time because God called me, but it wasn't my turn. So, man, I'm telling you, I was itching. I was itching and I was just waiting for my pastor to just let me teach on one of those Mondays. And he never did. I mean, I mean, I went Monday, I went faithfully, and I got to the point where I had to go to the prison to support him and not for me to get an opportunity. I'm going to let that sink for just a minute. I mean, why are you really serving? You know, in Walmart, they have these lines where you serve yourself. Sometimes people serving because they serving themselves. Well, uh, after I don't know it, probably a year or two went by. And finally, he asked me to teach one Monday because he wasn't able to make it. And then eventually, guess what? He allowed me to take over that Bible study. What's my point? My point is it was my serving at that time, him and serving those inmates that, watch this, opened up a room for my gift to be used. Amen. And I discovered that there are areas that the enemy uses to keep God's people from serving or from maintaining a positive attitude about serving. Because I've learned that uh, it's a fight in the church world to stay positive. Amen. Spiritual, emotional pain. These are three areas that the enemy fights the average Christian. Emotional or spiritual pain, personal problems, and negative perceptions. I'm going to say those three again. Spiritual and emotional pain, personal problems, and negative perception. These are three areas that the devil fights the average Christian. And what most people don't know is that healing, listen to me, comes as we serve and not as we sit. I'm going to say that again. Most people don't know that healing comes as we serve and not from us sitting. This is why the devil does not want you to let go of your past church problems. He doesn't want you to let go of your negative perceptions about church or church people or even spiritual leadership. And most of our perceptions as people about church was wrong from the beginning anyway. Amen. For some reason, we came to church with the perception that because, watch this, we're supposed to believe in the Bible, that everyone in the church is living according to the Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to nobody in here. Now look at him again and say, but he's talking to you, though. For some reason, our expectations of church people and how they are supposed to act are on the Jesus level when no one will ever be able to live up to the Jesus level but Jesus. What's really sad is that we come into the church expecting everybody to be this perfect Christian, but we're not. Amen. We expect others to live by the book while we give ourselves grace to make mistakes. We judge others on what they said and what they do, but we judge ourselves based on our intentions. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's coming down your lane in a minute. He's coming. It's amazing to me how we can let go And forgive negative work experiences. But we can't let go of a negative church experience. And I've discovered why. Ask me why. It's because the enemy knows that it is through our serving that healing and wholeness comes. And we will never properly serve if we never get that right. So here's a take home statement I want you to write down quickly. Here's a take home statement. Healing comes as we serve and not as we sit. Healing comes as we serve and not as we sit. And I'm going to prove it to you and I'm going to show you through scripture that sometimes, you know, I know you, it's, it's okay when people are toxic, they may need to sit down. But sometimes you got to sit through. I mean, you got to fight through and you got to serve through how you feeling. Because when you and I serve, watch this, we will experience healing and healing. And in a lot of cases, we'll discover our calling as we continue in His Word. Go to Hebrews chapter thirteen. Boy, I've been waiting to get to this verse. Uh, this verse has been in my heart for two weeks. I want to show it to you because there are many of you. Last week, I challenged a lot of you all who were sitting to start serving. But I discovered that the reason why a lot of people were sitting, it's because they were hurting. But you can't sit and get healed. You have to serve and get healed. Watch this. Hebrews 13, 20. It says, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Watch verse 21. This is what Jesus, he's talking about the God of peace who brought up Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 21 says, this God, he will make you up perfect watch this in every good work why to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through jesus christ to whom glory to be glory forever amen notice i want you to see something notice it did not say that he would make us perfect for every good work it says he would make us perfect in every good work there's a difference in other words, perfection or him working in us brings about maturity. And I'm going to show you something. That word make perfect, if you have a physical Bible, I want you to circle. If you have a, a phone, I want you to highlight it. The word make perfect that we read in, in verse 21, it says he will make you perfect. That word make perfect means to complete thoroughly. To complete thoroughly. It also means, watch this, To repair. To repair, literally or figuratively. It also means to adjust or to frame. Watch this, here's a big one. It means to mend. And then it means to restore, to prepare, or to perfectly join together. I know that was a lot, but it makes a big difference in what I'm about to explain to you. See, This is why the enemy isolates many believers and make them quit wanting to serve others and serving the house of God. Because we read in verse 21 that God will make us perfect in every good work. Let me read it like this. God will complete us thoroughly. He will repair us. He will frame us. He will mend us. He will prepare us and he will restore us in every good work. Let me show you this word make perfect used in other verses in the Bible so you can get a good understanding of what this word make perfect means. Because according to uh, this verse in 20, verse 21, it said he was going to... Make me perfect. He was going to repair me. He was going to mend me. He was going to restore me. In every good work. Not for every good work. But in every good work. So watch this. If it was for every good work. I would have to wait for him to do the healing. Wait for him to do the mending. Wait for him to do the adjusting. But if it's in every good work. That means while I'm doing the work. I'm waiting for the healing. I'm waiting for the restoration. I'm waiting for the wholeness. Watch in Matthew chapter 4, verse 21. It says, and going on from there, this is Jesus. He saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the ship with Zebedee, their father. And watch what they were doing. They were mending their nets. The word mending there is the same Greek word for the word make perfect over there in uh, verse 21 of Hebrews. So what he was saying is, God will make you perfect. Watch this. He will mend you in every good work. Watch Matthew chapter 21 verse 16. We find this word mending or make perfect again. It says in verse 16, and he said unto, uh, they said unto him, hear what you, what these say. And Jesus said unto them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? You have perfected praise. The word perfected is the same Greek word. So while I am doing the work, God is perfecting me. And the enemy is smart because that's why he wants people to sit. Because you can't be perfected while you sit. So Hebrews 13, 21 should really read like this. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, verse 21, he makes you perfect. He mends you. He perfects you. He perfectly joins you together and restores you in every good work to do his will. That's what that means. And the Amplified uh, Bible really enhances it. It says this. Now, may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus and that great shepherd of the sheep by the blood that sealed, ratified the everlasting agreement, verse 21, strengthen, complete. Perfect or perfect and make you what you ought to be and equip you with every good thing that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. What am I saying? I'm saying that healing to serve comes while you serve. And this is why a lot of believers, their healings have been delayed. Now, I'm not just talking about emotional healing and I'm not talking about physical healing as well. See, sometimes you have to walk through and I'm going to walk you through the process in just a second. You have to walk through the process of forgiveness to even start the healing process. Amen. This is good. So this is normally how the cycle goes. And if you look at what I'm teaching today, it works even in relationships. Whether it's a relationship on your job, whether it's a relationship in your marriage, this all works the same because uh, the first thing that happens is disappointment happens. Now, let's just pretend that you are a new person. You you get saved. You know, you make Jesus your Lord and you, you come to church. And, and so disappointment is is... Is, it can actually be through an actual occurrence, but I find that most disappointments that believers have is from somebody else's negative experience. Right. I'm amazed at how somebody gets offended because of somebody else's experience. In other words, you, you know, they come to you and say, you know what? I walked by that Pastor Evan and he didn't speak to me. <laughs> and they knew they don't know nothing. You know, th- to them, I was the best thing since sliced bread. And so, you know, they, they, you know, they tell you, you know, he didn't speak to me. Well, what you didn't know and what they don't know now is Pastor Evan never saw you. (laughs) And see, the believers are very, uh, famous for not following up. We will believe a story, even if it don't even sound right. We'll believe it before we get it checked out. Uh, A friend of mine who pastors uh, uh, called me, and he had a situation in his church where one of his aides, like an armor bearer, one of those people, uh, a lady came to him, uh, a lady came to his wife, uh, and this particular lady uh, didn't even go to the church. But this woman came to his wife and said, hey, your husband's armor bearer is cheating on his wife. I saw him at so-and-so's house. Well, it shook up my, my friend's wife, and she, she told him. And, and so, uh, you know, come to find out, he asked me, you know, hey, Edmund, you know, what should I do? I said, well, we, you need to follow up. And first of all, just find out why they think that's true. So after following up on everything, guess what? The person who saw it lived down the street from this lady who goes to the church. She was single. She saw this man's truck at this lady's house. Okay, All right. So watch this now. After they followed up. Come to find out the the husband, the man and his wife, they both agreed that he was mentoring the lady's uh, teenager. Okay, the the wife knew where he was that day and and he didn't stay overnight. It wasn't even like he was there long, but they saw his truck and assumed. So then they went to the lady because they're slandering her too and said, you know, so the pastor went and talked to everybody. And, you know, And so come to find out none of it was true. But because the first lady didn't have enough integrity to check it out, she spread it a lie. So we had, he had to go back and fix all that up. Amen. Well, everybody say disappointment. So after disappointment. Sometimes we experience discontent because this happens because disappointment caused you to start focusing now on the church's flaws and not on their fruit. See, once you get disappointed, then it creates a discontentment. Oh, I'm not feeling good. See, you was, the word was good t- to you until, you know, somebody just came and said something that, that wasn't true. And I'm just talking about anything. I'm talking about at work. You were fine at work until they told you, you know, well... Uh, they they spread a lie about your supervisor. So now you didn't even go and ask your supervisor if it was true. You just believed him. So now, you know, they told you no, know, you know John is gay. You know he's gay, right? And you you thought John was fine. But they told you that. And so instead of going and ask John himself, you wanna believe him. Oh well, maybe that's why he haven't hit on me. That's why. So now you're telling people, you know John's gay, don't you? No, girl, I didn't know that. And then, you know, now you're spreading all these lies. And, and and now the sad part of about it is you get discontent with your job. Now you don't like your job. You know, you don't like him. Now he speak to you. You used to be like, hey, John, good to see you today. Uh, you know, I'm praying for you. Now you're like, hey, discontent. Then after discontentment, deception kicks in because this is where now you believe something that's not even there. Amen. This is where you believe a lie, even if you thought it was the truth. See, most people, they believe a lie because they think it's the truth. So now you believe that about John, and it's not even true at all. So then you fall into deception. And then the next thing is disconnection. This is what happens in a church. This typically happens when in the heart first. And so once this, this connection happens mentally, it's only a matter of time that it's going to take faith place physically. And I've seen so many good meaning people get 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 pushed out of a good church because of somebody that didn't like the church or didn't like the person. I'm, I'm, it's quiet, ain't it? You're not going to run me out of where I'm supposed to be. know never criticize somebody I don't know why I'm on it because this is not the way I wanted to come out but it's coming out this way never criticize somebody without having the whole story the Bible even says if you have a problem with your brother and you can't resolve it then bring somebody else with you amen I've seen good church relationships get split up over carnal stuff amen amen And once a person disconnects, then what happens is they become disabled. They may even leave that church. Not, you know, not this one, but they may even leave that church. But watch this. They left the place. They left. There was a change of location, but there was never a change of heart. So they stayed disabled. And this is where you find people who don't go to church no more. They drop out. They're they're church dropouts. You know, God got some dropouts. Y'all know that? Yeah, the they're, they're church dropout those are people who they they used to go to church and so now you know they, they don't anymore but it all goes back to that hurt and here's the thing i'm trying to help some people because the devil will authorize you to sit instead of serve because he knows it's through serving that your healing comes now i'm gonna reread this verse and then we're gonna close right here hebrews 13 21. God will make you perfect. He will mend you. He will perfect you. He will perfectly join you together. He will restore you in every good work. Watch this. To do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight. Do you notice that God wants to restore us in every good work? Watch this to do his will so when you and i are not involved in his body we're not doing his will how many want to do the will of god let me see hand. yeah so today i want to challenge you to not let the enemy because last week i got some i mean i I got i challenged y'all to get involved and i saw people raise their hand They, they hadn't been involved in a long time they whatever happened But it was the second service that motivated me to do this message. Because as I was doing the altar call last week in the second service, you know, people were raising their hands who weren't serving, who needed to start back serving. And uh, God gave me a check in my spirit that there are some people still not raising their hands. And I was like, I I can't make people raise their hand. I'm not even going to try. And he gave me a word of knowledge. And it was so precise. It scared me. He said, there are some people who used to assist the pastors of the church they used to go to and they got hurt by the pastor so they're they're sitting they're not doing nothing in this church i said really <laughs> you know god still be surprising me i'm like really now that's a very specific word when you're gonna say to somebody, there's somebody sitting there and you haven't raised your hand to start serving because you got hurt because you was the pastor's assistant in the other church and you ain't doing nothing here at Word of Truth. I just thought I was just gonna get one hand. I was hoping to get one. I mean, the Lord told me that. And one hand came up and I was like, thank God. At least that word was right. Seven people raised their hands. Because a lot of people get hurt because of the pastor. I want to set you free today. I don't know who you are. And I don't know what the pastor did to hurt you. But I'm not that pastor. Let me go even further. You can't trust the under shepherd like you should. Until you trust the chief shepherd. Maybe your expectations of that pastor were so high that when he missed the mark, you expected him to be Jesus. There are some hurt people in this room. And God is wanting me to walk you through the healing process. So I wrote something down that I want to give you. Listen, because there are some people who say, well, how do I know I'm healed? Well, you know you're healed because the Word says you are. Amen. By His stripes, we were healed. We are healed. But watch this. I believe I'm healed when I act like it, though. Two different things. I know I'm healed because the Word says I am. But I believe I'm healed when I act like it. Guess what? It's, starting, it's time to start acting like it. And there are some people. That hurt, you've just been carrying the hurt. Whether this hurt is in a relationship. I'm talking to some people, you're married and you haven't been able to relinquish hurts from previous arguments. And they piled up and you've swept them under the rug. And now you're trying to figure out why you're so distant from your spouse. That distance has been created. Because you hurt. You haven't let it go. So today what we're going to do, We're gonna let we're going to let church hurt go today. Because, see, we can't move over to 8201 where Pharaoh has hurt people. Because God is going to send some hurting people. And hurting people can't help hurt people. Are y'all hearing me today? Wow. So, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you know, I'm not going to ask you to stand up or anything. But if you know that a past church hurt before you got to here and maybe some maybe here I don't know but if you've experienced a past church hurt and you have not been able to hurdle over that thing and it's affected you it's affected your service even in this church that you say, I'm not going to get involved. Or if you did, you you get involved with a half heart because you're still shielding yourself for when hurt might come. Today is your day of freedom. And if that's you, say, Pastor Evan, I need to be free today. Would you pray for me? Just right there at your seat. If that's you, just raise your hand right there at your seat. Say, Pastor Evan, would you pray for me? Would you pray? I've been hurt. I've been damaged. I'm not going to judge you.